0: And so I want to encourage you, uh, to, to share the word of God. And let's, even this week as we finish out this, this year and have an enjoyable, happy new year on Wednesday. And, uh, let's just begin to prep for the new year with a greater level of faithfulness and focus for the purposes of God. In fact, it's 2020. Everyone say 2020. That's not a TV show. I don't know if they still have 2020. Is 2020 still a, there you go. I don't watch it much. Uh, but, uh, the, of course, it comes from the, the, uh, the thought of having 2020 20 vision. And I believe in reality, that's what God wants us to have. He wants to, us to have clarity. So I want you to turn to some passages this morning. Uh, and let's just, uh, uh, begin to prepare our hearts. Proverbs 29, 18 is just kind of a launching pad. And then Isaiah 42 and 43. I'm going to talk to you about preparing For future things. Everyone say future things. See, God has future things in our life that He wants to unlock and unleash and, uh, and, and bring about in our midst. And so let's pray together and let's ask God to open our eyes and give us vision. Give, how many of you could use some 2020 vision in your spiritual journey and in your life and in the will of God for your family? My only one. How many of you could, would, would appreciate some greater clarity for the future? Amen. So Father, we thank You today that Your Word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and we pray Your Word would come alive in our midst. And Lord, begin to tweak us and tune us so that the will of God can be accomplished in greater measure in our life and that the coming year and the coming decade, we can see and we can sense the Spirit of God saying to us, this is the way, go ye in it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You see, everybody needs some vision for the future. In fact, Proverbs 29, verse 18 says this, Where there is no vision, that means prophetic revelation. How many of you know God speaks some things to us that are for our future? He said, Where there's no prophetic revelation, the people perish. In fact, a greater understanding of that, where there is no prophetic revelation or spiritual guidance from God... The people are unrestrained, they're unguided, they're undirected, and as a result, they perish. And for 2020, I don't want to be that kind of Christian. In 2020, I want to have some laser-like clarity about my destiny, about the purpose of God for my life. And I want that not only for me, but for my family and for my grandchildren and for my church family and my brothers in Christ, that God would give us some laser-like vision and clarity for the future. If that's you today, say, so be it in my life, Lord. Amen? Now, two chapters that I want you to kind of digest this week, this month. Isaiah 42 and then Isaiah 43. Uh, You could really just take it apart in a a lot of different ways. But I want to show you a couple of verses because these are prophetic insights about the coming of the Christ. In fact, uh, gosh, if we had... Uh, more time, we could look in more greater detail, but Isaiah 42 talks about the fact that uh, he came to to die for us and and uh, and he gave himself for us. But it says this. I want you to see. Gosh, I wish I could read all of this, but I I want you to see. Let's look in verse nine. It says this. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Everyone say new things. Give somebody a fist bump. Say new things. New things. This is what the Spirit of God declares. The, the new, th- and new things I declare. Catch this. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. That's prophetic revelation. That's what God wants to give us in our life and in our future and in 2020. The capacity to see things clearly. The capacity to see things as God would have us to see them in 2020 and to have some prophetic revelation for our life that would guide us and direct us and keep us from being unrestrained and missing the mark, you see, if we come to the close of 2020 and we miss the mark, it's as though we've wasted our life that year. How I many of you don't want to waste any more time in life? We want to make the most of everything God has given us. And so, now look over in Isaiah 43, because this thought continues. Isaiah 43, and really, encourage you again to read it uh, prophetically later, but look in verse 18. He says, do not remember the former things. Everyone say, former things. Now, what did He say back over in 42? He said, behold, the former things have come to pass. In other words, they're, they're in the past. The things that were former have already happened. And He said, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. Everyone say, new things. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Say, so spring forth. So we see in these two passages of Scripture that God's a God who wants to give us prophetic revelation about our future. And in order for that to happen, we've got to quit looking back and we got to begin to look forward. Everyone say, looking forward. And and here's what the promise of God is, this new thing. And I believe that he says it's a new thing because we don't all... Your thing may not be my thing. Your new thing may not be my new thing. But God is a God of the new. He's a God of creativity and fresh vision and direction for our life. And so he said it shall spring forth. And I believe in 2020, listen, I believe this is a prophetic insight for my life, for your life, for our families, for our church. The, tw- the year 2020 as well as the decade is a season of harvest and blessing and I believe new things that God has for us are going to begin to spring forth. That's a horticultural term. It's talking about the the budding of, of, of branches and leaves in their season, and it's and it has at its uh, understanding uh, a a real thought that God's word and His will can spring forth very quickly, just like. How many of you when you when spring comes along, winter has come, and all the leaves are gone, and all the things are you know there's unless you have evergreens everywhere it's just kind of barren looking but before you know it, before you realize it, I told uh my family some we were driving somewhere I said before you know it it'll be spring, and you'll look around and one day you'll wake up and you'll go outside and you'll realize the trees have budded isn't that amazing, and it seems like it happened almost overnight it just yesterday was winter and all of a sudden spring and things began to spring that's the word that god says in these two passages uh, concerning prophetic revelation for our future that it will spring forth how many of you would like 2020 you begin to see some things the new thing that god has for you began to spring forth, and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, look at that. Look what God has done. Look how things have happened. I look over at Scott and Sabrina, and Sabrina went down a long road of education. She got her degree, and it seemed like things weren't just working out as far as a job, and we prayed, and we trusted God. She had her degree, but all of a sudden the job just sprang forth. Then she got into her job this last month or two. Yeah. And so she just got and all of a sudden promotion came. It sprang forth. Somebody say amen. Tell somebody else new things. New things. God has a new thing for us this year. And, and, and it's it's not a bad thing. It's got to be a good thing. And with that in mind, this morning, you know, I had some challenges this week. You want to know my challenges? I'm an early riser. And I and I get up early and I have to I have to get up really early uh, because that's about the only time God can get my attention. And I have a short attention span. I, I And this is not a negative confession. I have a little ADD in my life, and it's hard for me to read. And so in the morning, I'm the clearest. And, the, and so every morning this week, we were all at the lake house, and our grandkids were there. But I found out something about my grandkids. When it's holidays and at the lake house, they don't like to sleep late. They like to spring forth early in the morning. So every morning i 'd get out my Bible, and all of a sudden here'd come one here'd come two, and man, when that happens it 's playtime it 's time to go and so this week, I had a few thoughts and I had some ideas this morning when I woke up, the spirit of God spoke some things to me, and when i most of, many times when i just when I just wake up in that kind of that beginning mode, and i 'm not real sure if it's two thirty in the morning or five thirty in the morning. And I just heard some things and I'm going to share them with you this morning. So this is, this is hot off the Holy Ghost presses, if you will. And so here it is. This is what the, here's the thoughts that I had when I woke up this morning. And here it is. Before we can focus upon future things, there are firstly some things that need to be. And I got four things that the Spirit of God spoke to me this morning. And I don't know if my, Facebook has got there yet or not, but uh, before we focus on the future things, there's firstly some things that need to be, number one, fixed. Everyone say fixed. Look at your neighbor and say, something's got to be fixed. Listen, everybody, come on, everybody, including myself, we have areas of our life that need to be fixed. If 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 that's you, just lift your hand and say, there's some things in me that need to be fixed. Okay? And and some things that may be broken. Some things that need to be changed and tweaked in our life. And understand this. uh, You need to ask yourself, are there things in my life that need to be repaired or restored before I can tackle the new things. You see, before you can move on to the new thing, there's some things in our life that got to be fixed. they got to be transformed. they got to be changed in order to, to move into the thing that God has for you. we got to deal with our own lives and ask ourselves, what is it in my life that is a hindrance to God's new thing in my life? Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's an unhealthy attitude that you've carried through the year. You got anybody, I know nobody in your house, certainly not your spouse, but, uh, have you ever met anybody that just carries an unhealthy attitude in life? They just, it's just, oh man. You just, and they wonder why nobody wants to take them out to lunch. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. We, I know that's not us, but, uh, but, uh, in, in case there's anything in your life that you, you realize, man, I've been carrying this way too long. This is unhealthy. This is, you know, it's un, did you know it's unhealthy to, to, to carry negative, uh, uh, attitudes in your life about situations and circumstances? It's poisonous in many ways there's some things in all of our lives that need to be fixed. Unhealthy relationships maybe, unhealthy attitudes. Let me back up relationship to relationships of husbands and wives. Listen, uh, Beverly and I, we just had our 41st wedding anniversary. And you know what? After 41 years, Beverly realized that I have some things in my life that need no, we all we all do in your relationships. We've got to look and say what needs to be fixed. Amen. If it's broken, it won't work in 2020. Are you with me? Unhealthy habits, unholy habits, unholy lifestyles. And catch this thought, it's impossible. I, I believe it. it's impossible to take a hold of the new thing God has for us if the old thing has taken a hold of us. If we got old things that have got a grip on us, Things that need to be fixed and tweaked and tuned in our life. It's impossible to be able to embrace the the new thing God has for us if we're all hung up in the old thing. And so there's some things in all of our lives that need to be fixed. And as your pastor, I want you to know today that I'm going to lay myself on the altar of God's repair shop. God has a repair shop and a restoration. He's a God of restoration. And don't make me stand up and start preaching this morning before I get an amen from you. But God has a way of fixing things in our life. Are you with me? Say amen. I love what Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says. Oh, it carries the context of this. And this is a great place to begin if there's some things in our lives that need to be fixed. It says this, repent therefore and be converted converted, that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing, somebody say refreshing, some times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, the place where it begins for our getting fixed when it comes to unhealthy relationships or unhealthy or unholy habits and attitudes and lifestyles is the place of repentance where we just look at our life and we say, you know, some things in my life that need to be fixed. There's some some issues that I've allowed to creep into my life that I need to just bow before God and repent and turn and say, Lord, this is not healthy. This is not holy. This is not right today. So today, and listen, if you want the new thing, you got to deal with the old thing and just say, Lord, I repent. And I ask you to cleanse me so that times of refreshing, and I'll just expound renewing, transformation, healing, help, and wholeness can be restored in our lives. There's some things in our life before we can embrace the new things, some things that need to be fixed. I think of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. Uh, in verse 17 through 21, just a quick story. He said, I've kept all those commandments. How do I get eternal life? I've kept all those commandments and, and, and Jesus didn't say that he didn't keep them. He, but here's what he said, and this is really the context of what I want. He said, well, that, uh, that's a good, but there's one thing you lack. There's some, something lacking. And for our context today, there's something in your life that needs to be, say that word, dig. You need to deal with the issue of money in your life. You got, and this is Pastor Sam's paraphrase, money has become your God. And so for you today, if you want to be fixed, you got to deal with that issue in your life. And Hey, just do this. Sell what you have and give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. What was he say in the context of this message? When you get these things, when you're willing to look at your life and go, this needs to be fixed, and you let me fix it. Then you can follow Me. Then you can move into your destiny. Then you can begin to experience the new thing that God has for you. This thing that God wants to spring forth and and to blossom into great uh, fruition and fruit and blessedness in your life. Amen? You see, in order to embrace the future thing, you got to get fixed in some of the former things in fact, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a great passage too. You can write this down. Romans 12 says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's some things that, that's a fix-it word. How many of you know when transformation happens, there's a lot of things get fixed? And he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by, here's some more, here's some more fix-it things, the renewing of your mind. Get a new way of thinking. Let the Spirit of God begin to renew your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and now catch this for the future that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm going to throw in for 2020 in your life. You see, it's impossible to take hold of the new thing that God has for us if the old thing has a hold of us. So we got to get fixed. Look at your neighbor. Hey, if you're sitting next to your spouse, this is going to come. Just tell them, come on, there's some things you need to get fixed. you got to fix that. You need to fix that. Well, no, this is who I am. This is the way I was born. This is what my daddy said. My mama said it. This is just who I am. Well, it doesn't matter. It still may need to be fixed. And so, this morning, no kidding, when I woke up, that thought of it in order for... For us to embrace our future, there's first some things that need to be fixed. And then the second thing that I heard, there's not only some things in our life that need to be fixed, that we need to yield to the uh, the transforming power of Almighty God and yield to the altar of confession and repentance, but there's some things in our life that, that need to be forgiven. Listen carefully. There's no greater hindrance to your future thing than the unforgiven things you harbor in your heart. I want to say it again. There's no greater hindrance to the future thing than the unforgiven things that you may harbor in your heart. Areas of unforgiveness. And let me just say this. This popped in my head this morning. I might not get up early every morning. Uh, unforgiveness is very unforgiving. There's no real grace operating in an unforgiving heart. And so today, if you want to embrace the future thing, there's some things in our life that need to be fixed and there may be some things in our life that need to be forgiven. I'm not talking about sins that that you may have committed, but unforgiveness that you may harbor in your heart. In fact, Jesus... In Matthew chapter 5 and 6, the Sermon on the Mount. It's really, if you gave the Sermon on the Mount a a, a sermon title, it would be called The Lifestyle of Discipleship. This is who a disciple looks like. This is how a disciple acts and responds. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. And you see in Matthew chapter 5 verse 21, he hits this unforgiveness thing pretty hard. He said, "'You have heard that it was said to to those of old, "'You shall not uh, murder, "'and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. "'But I say unto you, "'that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause "'shall be in danger of the judgment. "'And whoever says to his brother, Raka or fool shall be in danger of the council. "'But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. "'Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar,' and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift, and before before the altar, go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. What's he teaching? He's talking about reconciliation, not between just you and God, but between you and your brother. In fact, that principle is so true that if you're not right with your brother, you're not right with God. And so to the best of our ability, There's a place in all of our lives where we've got to come to, even though those that we have issues with may not forgive us, we've got to shake this off and be a forgiver. In fact, when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? He said, pray this way in Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts How how do we want Him to forgive us our debts? As we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. You see, your forgiveness between you and God is directly linked with your capacity to forgive others. And when you think of future things, there are no future things that will spring forth in our life if we harbor unforgiveness in our lives. In fact, how many of you have experienced this over the years, and you realize unforgiveness does nothing but spawn and spark more offense, more poison, more soul sickness. And you know what else it does? It's contagious. I said, un- say everybody, tell tell your neighbor, unforgiveness is contagious. You know, if you ever blurt out your your offenses around your children. What did you just do? You just ha if you will, your soul sickness onto your kids. You've infected them with an unforgiving spirit. And so if we're going to embrace the future thing, this new thing that God says wants to spring forth. Everybody say spring forth. Come on, say it, spring forth. That's what He wants in 2020, in the decade of 2020. Uh, Before that can happen in our life, we've got to get some things fixed and we've got to find ourselves a place where we find forgiveness, not only with God, but with others. In fact, when Jesus finished off His prayer message, there. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, if I was writing Scripture, I'd think, man, that was good. Let's start a new chapter right there. But Jesus, it's all written in red. After He said, Amen, He said, oh, by the way, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, that's a hang-up right there. You can't get around that. You and I can't bypass that and move on in and see new things spring forth before we can focus on future things. There are firstly some things that need to be fixed. Some things that need to be forgiven. And number three, some things in our life that need to be forgotten. Everyone say, forgotten. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about it wiped out of. How many of you, there's some things in your life you really would like God to just wipe them completely out of your memory? Man, I'd I'd just rather not go there. I wish I didn't even have to think. In fact, this morning, when I was going through all of this, I realized there's some things in my life that, that I keep rehearsing in my life that are not good things. They're not healthy for me. They're not healthy for my family. They're not healthy for my future. Things that I look back and I go, OMG, why did that happen? Why did I do that? Why did I do this? And so we see this in Isaiah 43. The prophet says this about the new thing. He said, let me tell you, don't remember the former things nor consider the things of old. What's he saying? Don't sit around and stir up all this stuff all over again. In fact, when God has forgiven something, you know what he has done? He has forgotten it. And He removes our sins and our mistakes and whatever it is that comes back to haunt us in the night when He looked back. What happened to Lot's wife when all she could do was look back? Some things in our life that need to be forgotten. Paul said this in Philippians 3. He said, listen, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm looking forward. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Isaiah 42, he said the former things, they're done. It's done now. I'm going to give you a new thing. I'm going to begin to show you some things. And they're going to begin to spring forth. This new thing that I have for you, the old is done. In other words, don't always be looking back. The biggest hang-up to your future is your past. Mistakes. Everybody in a confession mode? Have you ever made mistakes in your life that you just thought were devastatingly, uh, future stopping mistakes? You just went, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Am I the only one? If you, if you've made some mistakes in life and you just, and and if you, if you were, if you're honest, sometimes in the dark place, you look back at that and it just starts sucking you under. That's what Paul, think about Paul the apostle. He was, he was killing Christians before he was born again. He spilled, spilled the blood of innocent saints. This past week on Christmas, terrorists killed Nigerian Christians. They were martyred for their faith. Paul did the same thing under the guise of religious Old Testament law. And he was born again, and somehow some way, all of that got put back and put aside. And he said, "Forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those which are ahead, I press toward the mark of the high call of God in my life. May that be the case with us today as we look to 2020 that we, 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 we just wouldn't be looking back in 2019 and go, well, I sh- woulda, shoulda, coulda, man. I wish I shoulda done that. I, dang, did I do that? How come I've let that happen? Oh, oh. Yeah, and that's what the past will do for you. You just gotta forget about it. You gotta shake it off. We used to sing this old whole shake off those uh, heavy bands and lift up those holy hands. That's what we've gotta look and begin to do. In fact, I'm going to hit this hard next week, I think. But in Isaiah, I think it's 42 or 43, one of those, when it says those new things are coming forth, uh, I'm going to show them to you. Uh, the past is the past. I'm going to show you some new things which you haven't experienced yet. And then the next verse is, so sing a new song to the Lord. Some of you have been singing the old wrong song. The somebody done me wrong song. It's time to sing a new song. Give your neighbor one of these. It's time to sing a new song, brother. It's time to sing a new song. We're going to talk about that. And so as you look at your life, and if you're always looking back with regret, always looking back with, with uh, you know, uh, a a prop, you know, oh man, you know, uh, and and developing a negative opinion of yourself based upon what happened in the past, It's time to forget about it. Look at your neighbor and in your best uh, maybe New Yorker uh, tone, just go, forget about it. Just forget about it. You see, catch this. Follow me. Before you can focus on the future thing that God wants to spring forth in your life in 2020, there's some things that need to be fixed there's some things that need to be forgiven. And there's some things that need to be forgotten. Are you with me? You've got to fix something. You know, when you're about to forgive, how many of you know if you're going to be a forgiver, there's some things that need to be fixed? And if you're going to forget about it, there's some things that need to be forgiven. Are you with me? You got to find forgiveness and walk in forgiveness, and then I think that's the 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 plan that Paul walked down in his life, where he was able to say, you know, that's the past. I'm forgetting those things which are they haven't I haven't forgotten them all, but I'm forgetting them all. I'm not going to remember them. I'm not going to rehearse them. That's what that Isaiah passage. Don't remember the things of old. Don't consider the things of old. Don't sit around and ponder them and meditate on the past. Get your eyes focused and fixed. Get some focus for your future because. The past will cloud the destiny of God for your life. And then finally today, if you and I are going to embrace the future things, preparing our hearts for the future in 2020, not just the year, but the decade, there's some things that need to be fixed, there's some things that need to be forgiven, there's some things that need to be forgotten, and then there's some things that need to be finished. God may have some unfinished business with you. Some things that you start. You know, I, I, uh, I'm a project guy, but sometimes my projects, they take time to get finished. And so I've had to learn to finish. But I look at Jesus' life. Jesus came with a task before him and he lived to die and on the cross as He was paying the ultimate price for the sins of all humanity, His last words uh, in His physical body prior to His resurrection were, it is finished. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, Timothy, I have finished my race. Let me say it this way to you. I'm not talking about ending your life ending. I'm talking about things in your life that you started under the directive and the will of God for your life that somehow got misplaced in your priorities, some things in your life, and I don't know what I'm saying when it comes to you, some things that God has for you to complete and to finish. Let me just say it this way. If God gave something for you to do in 2019, and you move into 2020, you can't set aside what God has called you to do. you got to finish it. Finish what God has called you to do. Amen? You've got to finish Luke fourteen twenty eight and those there's a few verses there. You look at it later. But Jesus talks about people who started to build a tower and didn't count the cost to see if they had enough to finish. Everyone say finish. Now the big picture of this, this these verses here. He's giving illustrations, but what he's saying as disciples, that following Christ requires us to follow through with our commitments. I could have said this, there's some things that we need to follow through on and to finish in our life, to let God's will continue to be made manifest in our life. So there's some things, as we look to the future, we also have to look within and say, what is it in my life that needs to be fixed? Is there any areas of unforgiveness? Is there some things in my life that haunt me from my past that I need to forget and allow them to be washed away in God's sea of forgetfulness? Or are there some things in my life that I need to let God finish? The Bible says this about our life that He has begun a good work in you. We'll complete it or finish it till the day of Jesus Christ. Have we stifled God's work in our life? And not allowed Him as the finisher. How I many of you know God's will being accomplished in our life is a is a team effort between God and our own life and really others around us. And so today as we close out this last Sunday, this last service of 2019, let's ponder. What in my life needs to be fixed? Search me, O God, David said. See if there be any wicked way in me what was he saying? Lord, wherever in my life needs to be fixed. I need Your help. Where in my life do I need to forgive someone? Am I holding a grudge? Am I holding a seed of unforgiveness in my heart towards anybody? Even maybe with God. I heard a testimony last night of a former staff member here, Michael Searles. Michael and Lyric served here for a couple of years and two years and uh he's back preaching this weekend at his church and he shared the story that this past year though there's been some great uh blessings in his life that he and Lyric have uh who've been trying to have a child for many years they had two conceptions of children and both of them ended up not becoming term babies and And so, he said this about the second one. He said, it almost made me angry at God. And I could sense his pain in the heart. He said, it hadn't all been peaches and apple pie. There's some things in our life. And if we let those... Josh prayed such a great prayer this morning. There's some things in our lives, some suffering, some sorrow. If you're not careful, it'll cause us to look at our life and maybe even be angry with God. And that's unforgiveness in our hearts. So today there's plenty of time. It's 11.47. There's time. And I'm going to ask us. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. You don't have to come to the altar, but hey. And Sometimes when you get up and you come this way and you kneel down, it makes it just like in your heart you, you're taking a real step in the right direction. That's, just, that's not any pressure. But in just a moment, we're going to begin to call on the name of the Lord and say, God, help me prepare my heart for the future and my family for the future. Let's do that today. If there's some things in your life that need to be fixed, hey, let the Holy Spirit go to work. If there's some things in your life that need to be forgiven, you need to forgive others, it begins right here in the altar. there's some things in your life that need to be forgotten, things and you cast all your care upon Him in the altar, for He cares for you. And there may be some things in your life that you need to finish. How many of you want to prepare your heart for the new thing? Everybody say new thing. Let's stand together. And let's just invite the presence of the Lord as we close out this 2019 in prayer. Let's just ask the Lord to search our hearts. To search our our hearts and see, as David said, if there be any wicked way in me. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You're a God of help. You're a God of wholeness. You're a God of healing in our life. Father, today as we look to the future, we know even before we can look into the new year, there's some things in all of our lives that may need to be fixed. And We ask You, Spirit of God, just to do Your work in our lives. Have Your way In our hearts today. I want to invite you to come just for a few moments to the altar. Just kneel down in your own way. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, do anything to hinder your moment with God. But I'm going to come to this altar today and I'm just going to uh, ask the Spirit of God to have His way in my life as I prepare my heart for the future. I'm going to invite you to do the same. Amen.